You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on The John DePietro Show. Everyone is talking about germs, about algae, about mildew. No, I know they're talking about the virus. What about some of the viruses outside your home? As the weather's getting warmer, now is the time. Let's make your property, home or business, look as best it can with Bethel Softwash. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel Softwash. Now, you can text Jared at Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L, Bethel Softwash of Lincoln. Free day, free same day text estimate at 401-617-2585. Text him at 401-617-2585. And what I mean is if you text Jared, this is what my house looks like. He'll give you a free estimate right there. I'm talking outside your home. I encourage you to visit their Facebook page and you can see the before and after and what a difference it makes. Bethel soft washing is the low pressure system. It won't harm the surface. Low pressure H2O combined with the biodegradable chemical removes those biological elements like uh, algae and uh, mildew, and you don't need it. The biodegradable plant safe solution. Wait to see the difference. Now, I tell people go to uh, log on to the Facebook page, Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Bethel Soft Wash, and look at the before and after. What a difference it makes. Bethel certified soft wash power wash for your home, for your business, for your walkway, for your patio, for your deck. Make your home look beautiful. Get rid of that mold and algae. Instead, Bethel certified soft wash. You can also text Jared at 401-617-2585. Make an appointment. Free estimate 401 617 2585 and look for them on Facebook. It's Bethel Certified Softwashed. Right in Lincoln, Bethel Certified Softwash. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays we start at 11, we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at DePietro.com. It is time for our segment. This week in politics, and joining me, he's the managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. And Justin, I want to start off. Obviously, uh, there's a lot to get into just regarding. Let's let's start off. I'd like to hear your thoughts on Governor Raimondo, the press briefings. Um, there's many parts about it that I'm still not a fan of and uh, that I think could be better. That I, I One thing about something like this is we get to see how other governors are doing it, getting the information out. Uh, we'll touch on the Cuomo thing, uh, but I'm going to start off. I still don't, uh, I don't like, the, I don't understand why they all have to stand behind her. Governor Andrew Cuomo sits. Um, I still don't understand why you can't have media in the room because that's a, such a big room with the press uh, press area. I, the whole thing with Margie O'Brien funnels the questions. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts. I'm still not, I, I understand like the content is the most important. I'm just seeing we get to see how some other people are handling it. And I still think it could be handled better. I, I'm, I'm agreeing more and more with that. I think um, 
there's a you, you raise a good point on other governors sitting there it's it's good for the governor to be out there daily and giving updates and here's what's going on here's what we're doing but it is kind of kind of overly clinical in a way here we are in this isolated room we're all standing very far apart from each other we've got the clear podium nobody else is allowed in the room uh it's not a it's not a comforting image <laughs> um so i think if it were a bit more casual with others and you know reporters in the room they could they could sit 10 feet apart you know you could space them out but just having that interplay and that sense of people interacting and the governor more in a more casual way that might be as as this drags on and on and on that that might be a better image for it to to, to present i'm also kind of starting to wonder about i know a lot of people and there are probably differences of opinion on this a lot of people clamored for the the town by town information and and all that i'm starting to think the daily you know here's here's all the numbers for today and this isn't necessarily the governor's fault and it's probably inevitable for the news media but i think that daily drumbeat isn't really helpful because you're, you're talking about town saying we now have five people yeah out of 16 25,000 people uh, and when you get that every day and this one person died another person died I mean pe- people die every day it's just it's just life and so I think that is increasing the sense of anxiety and I'm, I don't know from the governor's perspective that's probably a positive because she wants everybody to be scared to stay home uh, but I'm starting to question that just generally as a strategy. I um, And I also find it's distracting of then when they have to get up and use the mic. There's the awkwardness of, I, I find like yesterday, Stefan Pryor coughed behind the governor. And I, I suddenly you just get distracted by like the distancing thing. And then, you know, it was Margie O'Brien, who works for Capital TV, who basically feeds the questions to the governor is... Is she far enough away? I don't know why, to me, I don't know who is setting that up. I think it could, they don't need to all stand behind her. Yesterday was a full hour, and Brett Smiley's just standing there. And they could have, a, like, a wide table and obviously enough room. But just what it really shows is you easily could have. I mean, we're not talking about the New York press corps. Here. I mean, you easily could have, um, you know, 10 press people in per day. And still, this that's a huge room, that state room. But... Nonetheless, of that, I also agree with you of I like I think in the larger states, I don't know how I'm starting to find myself. All right. So Rhode Island's about 300. But after a while, I'm not sure the numbers they every day they're going to go up. And so I think after a while, obviously, the deaths are big. And that was big just this past weekend, the way they were reported. But to keep track of just how many, because I think as is even the governor now has started to acknowledge the whole thing with Rhode Island has just been the, the lack of testing. Um, as they start to increase the testing, which I believe begins this week, people are going to be more alarmed because the number is, I think the number will triple. I mean, so many people have not been able to be tested. Um, but I don't know if this whole thing of that, she's trying to convey that it's a team and they're all behind her. I see New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, he just sits there alone and he handles everything. And then it's one thing at the, you know, the White House that they're all up there. But just final, we will move on to some other things. But just your your thought on that. And what I also don't understand is Governor Mundo said coming up on Monday, I'll have information on the schools. I, For any parent, that that that's obviously far more helpful on Sunday as opposed to Monday. 
<laughs> well, I, I think um, a lot of the schools are in their routine for another week anyway, so I, we're probably a little bit in advance. Um, hopefully it's not, my understanding is Ramana has simply canceled school for the rest of the year. Um, I, from what I can tell for, with a limited perspective stuck in the house, the distance learning is, is working reasonably well for a lot of schools and a lot of students. And so hopefully they'll, they'll keep that going. Um, hopefully also one thing the governor has been doing a little bit better, particularly in contrast with uh, Governor Baker in Massachusetts is not, I mean, not really shooting out long timeframes uh, and playing it by ear a little bit more. I'm not sure there's any benefit to saying, okay, we're going to, this is going to be life for the next two months, say. And, and there, there is flexibility to say, let's extend this for two weeks and it'll probably go longer. Uh, so hopefully that'll be part of the, uh, part of the announcement. But a lot of that, I mean, I don't, I don't know how, how much it needs, you know, big announcements rather than simply, you know, here's, here's our thinking today, you know, and that way parents could check on a website and, and see what, if it's changed at all. Um, but you know, that it's a, that's a tricky situation. It is. So I, I think we'll see without question folks. It's John DePietro. Uh, our segment is politics this week. We have a Justin Katz managing editor at oceanstatecart.com. Justin, let's go into the whole situation with governor Armando and, uh, New York governor, Andrew Cuomo. Um, I know some people, maybe they didn't pick up on it, but I, as someone that, I mean, I follow her very closely and first she ordered the, the element of the, um, you know, stopping New York plates, New Yorkers. Now, Boston has a huge number of people and Boston people have Massachusetts. They have summer homes and places in Rhode Island. You go to Newport, um, there's so many Massachusetts license plates, all of, not so much Boston, but Massachusetts and, and the same thing within the Narragansett. But what really um, got so much national attention, I think, was it was the one thing of the stopping of the cars. It was also the stopping of New York cars and especially you go into Watch Hill and the Westerly area and definitely down into Narragansett and there's, and into Newport, there's a lot of uh, New Yorkers and New York plates, especially in Narragansett. And I think though, what really, why she had to rescind the order and the governor had to rescind the order. I think it was the visual of seeing the national guard and the state police literally going door to door and looking for New York plates. I, I think the the door to door door thing was was definitely overkill, and and I've people have commented how they're they're kind of worried that we're accepting this kind of thing in the United States. And I thought this during the uh, the Boston Marathon bombing when everybody sheltered in place and the police were going door to door. That seemed a little a little bit too I don't know Soviet uh, for my taste. But the I'm, I'm of mixed minds on the stopping the cars. I think I mean it's undeniable that this has now been for a number of weeks a a large in in large part a problem in new york city it the, the city itself has accounted for about half of all cases including the increase um <clears throat> for, for a couple of weeks so uh I, if we acknowledge that sort of thing and at, at first nobody wanted to even acknowledge that but if we acknowledge that we can adjust our response everywhere else so we can and that's what i would want to see is is governor saying okay we're going to we're going to provide a little bit more of a watchful eye on people who come here from New York City in that area because it is a hot spot. But we're also going to lighten up on, you know, 
what businesses we shut down, for example, and let people make their own decision. I think we could have a balanced approach like that, and it would make a whole lot of sense. But just piling on, you know, we're gonna we're gonna target New York people um, on top of everything else we're doing does start to make it all feel very heavy-handed. And so now, uh, now I think the the executive order applies to every state, which doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me if you're coming from a state with with almost no no exposure to this so far you're not likely i mean maybe we'd want to stop you and warn you you know we have the virus here uh but i so i i, I can kind of see the uh the targeted nature of this but it just strikes me that of all the things we're doing all the compromises for our constitutional rights we're, we're enduring right now this is the one that the aclu cares about this is the one that that is causing drama i'm, I'm not sure i i necessarily agree with that although it is kind of kind of fun to watch our governor seem a little bit like the, the little dog versus the big dog in Cuomo, you know, who a lot of people have, have applauded for his, his posture in, in this whole crisis. So that, that is kind of, you know, being a, a skeptic of Governor Raimondo, it is kind of fun to watch um, that interplay. And we'll see how it, it Well, it does. And several thoughts on that. And number one, as you know, you know, five days a week, people from Rhode Island travel into Massachusetts and then come back and, you know, so so I guess they get waved through with the Rhode Island plate, even though they're then, you know, with someone from people, Massachusetts, then stopped. The thing about the New York thing that I also just found was so odd. And, and as you know, I mean, Rhode Island, the state house, the state is really the biggest law firm with all those attorneys and everything in a situation like this, where she made an executive order and then had to rescind the executive order. And we're also um, we're, we're going to take a quick break, folks. Uh, Justin Katz, managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com, is uh, is is part of our segment. And uh, the Providence Journal has an editorial on the uh, Governor Raimondo with this whole business of quote, as they call it, hunting down New Yorkers. It also, to me, just flashes back to the situation with President Trump and and what that meant as far as uh, how she was so much opposed to basically stopping questioning anyone coming into the country and suddenly people from other countries are welcome to come to Rhode Island. They're stopping New Yorkers. We're going to talk about that and also uh, comparing the Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity, their suggestions that they have, and then uh, and a lot more. It's all ahead. Leave it right here on the John DePietro. This portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by MEGA, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA professionals? They're here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. You're trying to run your business. I, listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA professionals. 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 from MEGA Professionals. 
our show. It's John DePietro. Weekdays, we start at 11, we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at DePietro.com. Our segment is Politics This Week with Justin Katz, managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, uh, the thing that just stood out to me with uh, the whole thing of Governor Amundo is with all those attorneys, and she, she issues an executive order that then they have to rescind basically within 24, 48-hour period about this business of going door-to-door with the National Guard. It made national news. This is someone who, it, it, and again, you know, something that I focus on is that Providence is a sanctuary city, and she's been so critical of President Trump saying, you know, build the wall. We need to see who's coming in here. You can't just let anybody in here. And basically, on Friday, if you were if you were family from Guatemala or Mexico or pick Colombia, you're waved through. But the family of four from New York, and remember, New York also includes New Rochelle and Larchmont and Buffalo and White Plains and, you know, New York. It's not just parts of Brooklyn and Queens. It's the state of New York would be your plate. And, um, and New Rochelle, which is really was the hotspot that started it with an attorney that had it. But, um, but you're stopped and they're going door to door and all these other people are allowed in. That's what I think got the attention on why it was such an overreach. Yeah, very probably. I mean, it's, there's no, there's no consistency in this. And I think that's what people ought to evaluate, especially once the crisis is over and we're reviewing how we handled it. The, the idea that we ought to have open borders, but we're going to shut down people who come from New York City. If it were a consistent point of view of this is a geographic issue, we're going to focus where it's a problem. I think you'd not only would it make more sense politically, but I, I imagine that would give you more legal coverage if you if you were able to present to a court and say this was has been our strategy where we know this virus has been. That's where we focus our efforts so as to. In, so as not to have to violate as many people's rights. And I, I think a court might be more sympathetic to that point of view than, you know, after after months of of not worrying about who's coming into our state, we're going to pick a, a particular other state that we're going to we're going to target. There's, it, it speaks to a kind of a, a hodgepodge. How can we look like we're doing something about this kind of approach to the whole thing? Uh, and it's not really moored in a, a kind of a, a response respect for 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 rights and for the written law i mean if you read a lot of her executive orders the reporting kind of and this is probably intentional on her on the governor's part but the reporting for this sort of stay at home order if you read them they're really advisories and suggestions because the governor has no power to keep you in your house um particularly in such a broad way as this. Um, but but the way it gets translated is you're being told to, to stay home. And then, I don't know, to, what's striking to me is that this is kind of how Rhode Island law operates anyway, and I, when there's no crisis. Sort of powers are assumed. Everybody pretends as if the law says something it doesn't. Uh, and I, I think that's what's, what's, what's interesting about this New York issue for me is that now we're, we're reaching out of our state with kind of the, our usual way of doing business and uh, other people like Governor Cuomo are, are noticing and, and not really standing for it, which maybe we'll, if, if there's, if we can learn a lesson from that going forward, that'd be, that'd be nice. I, I tend to doubt. There was something look. about the Governor Cuomo thing, and then we will move on, but that I want to just touch on and that to me, it just struck very personal and maybe some people didn't think it so much, but for her to go out of her way 
And make no mistake about it. She was taking shots at him at that press press briefing yesterday and saying, you know, if it's important to him and he wants to take credit. And and I called it a meltdown because you're in the middle of what's supposed to be a very serious coronavirus uh, update. And there is reports of deaths and that that had a very personal attacking, mocking tone to it. And, and what some people they may think, oh, well, you know, maybe she did. But this is someone Justin, and maybe I'd be hard pressed to find someone else that she has criticized in that manner. We have gone through prior to this how many months now and even years now of controversy involving Speaker Mattiello between that doctor and then the whole whole situation now with the grand jury and his former campaign uh, chief, Britt, who's going on trial. This is a governor. She never knocks other Democrats, the only ones she ever seems to attack is she took like a swipe at Mayor Fung sometimes or maybe obviously President Trump. But there are so many different instances where Governor Mundo could have uh, made a critical remark of someone. We could even go to that time, the head of the Providence Teachers Union, Mirabeth Calabro, basically fabricating a story about the Pilgrim and what the girls from Mount Pleasant went through when they played Pilgrim and there were racial things said to them. And she never criticizes anyone. So what was so glaring to me was it just it seemed very personal uh, between her and Governor Cuomo. And that's where she seemed more upset. And I heard behind the scenes she was exploding that she had to rescind the order uh, that she obviously thought she was on firm illegal ground. But she's the one. Um, it just seemed that I, I can't get out of the fact that she she just seemed so much to try to plan these out. And that irked her that she had to rescind the order. Oh, I'm sure it did. Although the, 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 the personal nature of it and the, the kind of the glib poke at Governor Cuomo seems entirely in character for Governor yes. Raimondo to me. Um, you know, the sort of the, the, I don't know, the smarter than everybody yep. rope scholar thing. And so for example, I know uh, of, journalists have said they'd be interviewing somebody say from a, a conservative organization to, you know commenting on their way out the door after interviewing the governor oh, why are you interviewing that person you know that kind of that kind of attitude is very much in, in yes. her character what's interesting so what's interesting here is that the the governor of new york is now in that i'm going to sneer at him category joining us conservatives and um so that that's the interesting the interesting thing there and i wonder if it if it does point to the a sense the governor governor Raimondo has that now she's dealing in a national spotlight uh when she does something like that and so people are going to slap her down in a way they haven't around here or that she doesn't think they can around here that may be an indication of of a kind of insecurity to it but i, I as you say it's you know you're, you're in a press conference talking about death and and people losing their entire their entire financial well-being you know maybe maybe you know, laugh laugh it off when the governor of New York complains about something, or say, "Well, we had a misunderstanding. We're moving on." I mean, that that could, but as but again, it's it's very much in character. And uh, I, I do want to say we're we're in a we're in a very stressful time for everybody. So it's it's not surprising that even even political leaders would would kind of melt down, as you said. Um, so there there is that allowance, but I, I think it's very much it in is. Character. I just also see it's another. She has this thing about you're exactly right. She's not used to anyone, certainly around here, 
uh, questioning her or kind of one upping her. But I go back to when those, you know, those uh, morning console polls come out and Governor Charlie Baker is the most popular. And she's the least popular. And when asked about it, she'd say, oh, you know, that's just because he's tall or it, I've heard it really has irked her that Governor Cuomo. I mean, there's there's a hashtag draft Cuomo. I mean, they're talking about people are so impressed the way he's handled it that they're talking about he should replace Biden on the ticket. And as we all know, New York is now, you know, ground zero once again for for this whole thing. But I also want to get to this uh, editorial is uh, to me scathing in the Providence Journal, hunting down New Yorkers. It's in this morning's Providence Journal, a couple of the lines, Justin Katz, talking about going the door to door, something few would have predicted in a country such as ours. Just that line alone. And then when talking about the governor saying that uh, the governor basically were leading to basically more panic, making the uh, whole situation worse, um, you know, hysteria and and really talking about military tactics. Um, it, it's a it's a rough editorial and something that now will be part of the Gina Raimondo legacy. And And I know firsthand that is not the image that she wanted coming out of whenever we come out of this crisis. Yeah, that, that's for sure. I mean, she she has been, as I said earlier, a bit a bit more tempered in her response than, say, Governor Baker. So she's been a little bit slower to pull the trigger on closing businesses and that that sort of thing, which I which has been a positive, I think. So I think this was a the door to door was was a misstep. I kind of it'd be interesting one day if there's a you know a, an accounting of this all to find out whose idea it was and how how that became a policy. Um, I do. I do so. I do think she overstepped there. I kind of wonder though. The the Providence Journal's editorial, as much as I agree with it, it seems to. I mean, our tolerance for that sort of behavior in the Northeast, uh, in New England, has has been increasing and been higher and higher. And you know, when you're allowed to be stopped, what you're what's allowed to be regulated. So it's it's hopefully that's more of a. <laughs> hopefully we'll have a sense of, of people waking up to what we've been, you know, the, the old cliche about if you slowly turn up the water, the heat of the water, the frog won't jump out and you can boil it. I, hopefully this is sort of the, the moment when people are saying, okay, this is where we're going and that's dangerous. We'll see. It might be too late. Too many people might be just kind of used to this idea that government can do whatever it has to do to, to keep us safe. Um, but so I, there was, I did have that kind of sense from the editorial that it's, it's kind of, well, you know, yeah, this is where we've been heading for a long time. We need to fight back against the broader uh, acceptance of this sort of thing. But other than that, I, I, I agreed with. The, the what I, one last thought on this is uh, obviously we both recognize Governor Mundo is very, 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 um, you know, ups, um, I don't want to say obsessed, but, you know, she's obviously very careful and wants to project a certain image. And there's just you see different. This is a situation you get to see different types of governors. The governor of New Jersey gets a lot of airtime. Obviously, the governor of New York. Uh, now you've seen the governor of uh, Louisiana, but the governor of Michigan, she's gotten a lot of airtime. And I just the governor, you know, the journal did not write an editorial talking about commending her for her leadership and guiding us through this. The Boston Globe had this. I thought of I thought it was over the top uh, flattering of her is this her flannel shirt moment the way George Joe Gary I just one last note on that was the the last you know this the editorial that they wrote about Governor Mundo is not like steady firm leadership through hard times it's you're creating fear and panic uh, during this now coming up uh, we are going to talk about this controversy with Mayor Fung 
this Brown University professor. And the reason why he's significant also is this is someone, he was the head uh, of the Rhode Island Ethics Commission, uh, Professor Royce Russ uh, Chite. We're going to talk about that. It's politics this week with Justin Katz. It's all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought by Henry Oil since 1947. What a Rhode Island success story. Folks, call them today, 401-521-0200, Henry Oil. It's Carmine, it's Lori. As I said, since 1947, full-service fuel company, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, 24-hour burner service for contracted regular customers. They have oil burner service and installation, automatic delivery, budget plans, lock and cap pricing, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery. It's Henry Oil, residential and commercial fuel oil delivery. Go with a local company that you can support and de- depend on. Henry Oil in 1947. It was Carmine Henry DeSanto delivered that fuel oil with a single truck operation from his gas station on Manton Avenue in Providence. And now the tradition continues. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, serving Rhode Island and parts of Mass since 1947. Call my friends at Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200. You can also, as I mentioned, check out their website. It's henryoil.com, henryoil.com. Take advantage of the lock and cap pricing or the oil burner service and installation or their automatic delivery or their budget plans, full-service fuel company that you can depend on, Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200, Henry Oil, 401-521-0200, online at henryoil.com. It's John DePietro. Listen, folks, this is a unique situation, but instead of wasting the time by just watching television or old episodes of old movies, instead, clean up your home clean up your attic, clean up your basement and your garage, call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Call them for a free estimate. They will deliver a dumpster right to your home. Do some spring cleaning. Use this time to finally clean that out that old junk from your basement, from your attic, from your garage. Do some spring cleaning. Use this unique time. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. They'll come to your home. They will drop off a dumpster. You load it up. Tell them whenever it is. Maybe it stays for a week. Maybe it stays for a weekend. Maybe it stays for one day. Call Brothers Disposal today. Free estimate. 401-688-0517. Stop watching Netflix. Do something productive. Finally, clean up your home. Clean out that garage or the attic or the basement. Call Brothers Disposal today. 401-688-0517. Free estimate, 401-688-0517. It's Brothers Disposal. And let's get a dumpster in the driveway. It's John DePietro. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me, Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, all different uh, 
political officials are dealing with this. You have Mayor Fung that first recorded a, a video in his own style to Cranston the West students saying you need to stay in the house. And then he heard, but there was maybe going to be a party that their quarantine was over. So he cut another video. And as he was posting that, you have now uh, most people may not know who he is, but he's been a very powerful figure in Rhode Island because he has been the head or had been the head of the Rhode Island Ethics Commission. And I've sat at a panel with him. His name is Ross Scheidt. He decided to use this opportunity to tweet and Mayor Fung. And I want people to recognize this is someone political science at Brown University. He was powerful with the Ethics Commission because then they decide whether things, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. And his questions for Mayor Fung, will you speak out against Trump's use, racist use of Chinese virus? Will you criticize the president for calling this a Democrat hoax? Do you approve of federal aid being withheld for political reasons? He then followed up that tweet by calling Mayor Fung a coward because Mayor Fung basically said, I'm not getting politics involved with this. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Well, the first thought is Ross Chait's proving to be one of those people in, in the public eye who should stay off That's social right. media. Uh, Steve Aaron on the Board of That's Elections right. is another one. They just, just, there's a people, it's not, not only do they behave in this way, but they're, they're also people who, who professionally ought to be maintaining a respectful image. And they're just not able to do it in the era of Trump. So he, he probably should take a break. And those people are really suffering under this, this, this lockdown because they, they're kind of stuck in the house and they're angry at the president and this sort of stuff comes out. So I, I think that was, I mean, that was some of the, the responses from others on Twitter have, have, have really hit the point to me is, hey, parents, this is a guy who's going to be indoctrinating right. your children. You know, that's, that's, that's what it does for the, his image as a professor and his, his university's image, although, you know, Brown's known to be pretty progressive anyway. Uh, so I thought, I mean, I, I tweeted back that he should, he should apologize because it was clearly overstepping. Um, and it was, it was also revealing is that in all of this, all this madness, there isn't even, there are people who are not going to let go of sort of this identity politics yep. thing. You know, this, this, this idea that the president called it a China virus, which is not unusual to call a, a disease Correct. from a country of its origin, you know, yep. the Spanish flu, <laughs> it's not an unusual thing to do. Um, and so he took that and said, hey, you're a you're an oriental yes. mayor. You ought to be, even because you're a Republican, you ought to be using your microphone to attack the president. I mean, just the idea that this is this is the attitude we need to preserve through all this rather than, you know, as Mayor Fung said, let's pull back on the politics. Um, so I, I, I thought that was a very interesting thing. And also a difference of perspective he and I had, Ross Chait, is his, his point of view is the environment we're in, the political environment, is, is Trump politics. And that's why you have to speak out against the president, for example. But the, I think that's wrong. I think the reality is we're, the, what's defining our time right now is that the anti-Trump politics. I mean, we had years of Russia, Russia, Russia. So, and he's, he's right in, in the zeitgeist with that right with the, the the political bias of his you know his probably his bubble and so i think it was very revealing in, in that sense too there are people who who they're blaming the president for their own anger and they're defining our political moment and preventing us from really as a nation kind of coming together in a way uh, and I, th I think the rest of us ought to take the lesson and brace for the the reality that these folks are going to 
keep going once this is all resolved. Uh, this is this is a flame they're trying to keep alive, uh, for either for political or emotional reasons. And <clears throat> there, there ought to be no place for it. And hopefully when this is all done and we can relax a little bit, um, others will finally start to say, yeah, <clears throat> we're going to put that identity to politics. You know, aside. it's um, interesting, Justin. It's, it's actually ironic is the fact that he was uh, questioning Mayor Fung in a, in a way, that's racist because it's not because you're Republican. He was basically saying, hey, listen, you're Chinese. You should be really upset about this. You know, if, it kind of like many times whenever when President Obama was in office and he did something, many times someone would rush to an African-American like, well, you should be really upset about this than someone else because because I mean, because you're black and he's black. But to be calling Mayor Fung a coward through this. Now, also, people like uh, Russia, they won't acknowledge the fact that the president, he was criticizing the president initially because President Trump stopped letting flights in from China. And even the CDC will say that actually helped stop at the time the spread of the virus. But to be going on about that, you know, it also reminds me, see, there was debate also. Some of these people, Justin, uh, there's a Paul Grimaldi. He used to work at the Providence Journal. Now I think he does revenue. But when the, the Channel 12 posted a story that there were people of women and infants and they were concerned that these women from New York were coming into women and infants. Now, people have to realize these are not people that have a summer home in Rhode Island. And then, you know, they decided we're going to come here because we're going to give birth. Most of those people, they most of the time they were living in the New York area. And you're talking about, you know, the Bronx, uh, Harlem. Queens, Brooklyn, places like that, and setting up shop to give birth here in Rhode Island as opposed to being in New York. But someone like that, he would not answer. I then responded on Twitter. So are you against? He was his basic thing was, how can you turn away care for a pregnant woman? And I just found it ironic that they were saying on one hand, you can't turn away a pregnant woman just because she's basically in the country illegally a woman and infants. But they support Governor Raimondo stopping New Yorkers at the border. You're right, Justin. The hypocrisy and the lack of consistencies. But just following up on Ross Tribe, I thought Mayor Funk handled it the best way. This is we're going to keep politics out of this. Um, but he, he's just so adamant in the identity politics and calling Mayor Fung uh, a coward because he's Chinese and he wouldn't call out the president. That that's um. Uh, again, I, obviously, there's not going to be any punishment for Mitt Brown, but it really makes you step back of how things many times we've thought. I, I have anyhow that the Ethics Commission much more could have been severe on some people and didn't. And you really start to see that all these years, the Ethics Commission was clouded by identity politics. It was. I mean, I for, for a number of years, uh, I would you know, because I I. I'm engaged in local and state politics and governance. Uh, I would find something that somebody was doing, uh, you know, an elected official, and it, the precedent of the ethics commission was clear from about you know the turn of the century that that was wrong and couldn't be done. And I would I would bring that to the ethics commission, and the lawyers would pretty much say, oh we're rethinking a lot of that kind of stuff. So it was, it was definitely a, yeah, you know, I could see this, this, I could see a union person voting on union legislation right. <laughs> or on a contract. I mean, there's a, a lot more flexibility, which is kind of ironic because 
which one of Chait's specialties at Brown is, is oh. ethics and government. Um, but but the identity politics thing is uh, he actually used the phrase the phrase until people like you find the courage, the meaning yes. Chinese people. And I think that I mean it's it's no anybody who's been watching ideology and po- political correctness in, in the United States knows that progressives, their attitude is fundamentally racist. And that's, that's what's on display here in a pretty special It really was fashion. because it was especially, uh, you know, Mayor Fung, I mean, for crying out loud, you're Chinese. You should really be upset with the president. Folks, it's John DePietro. Our segment is Politics This Week with Justin Katz. Justin, there's another story that bubbled up overnight and it's another one of those situations in a real world there would be immediate uh, reaction. And, and, and you don't even know, I mean, uh, if there would be any type of retribution as far as accountability within the law. But um, and I sent you the story, a Woonsocket Middle School teacher posted on social media that she would pay someone uh, to cough. If you're positive with uh, COVID-19 coronavirus, she would actually pay someone to cough on President Trump. Now, I, I'm anxious to see if there's any, this, she's a member, it's a Woonsocket Teachers Union is the American Federation of Teachers. That's Randy Weingarten, that's Providence, that's Warwick. Um, it, I, I mean, that is so beyond the bounds. And I hope that the media does put a spotlight on this, despite the fact there's virtual learning. This is someone, she, this is a teacher in the classroom in my mind, that person should be terminated. I'm anxious to see if there's any, if Governor Raimondo will even comment on it. But I want people to remember that this is the same union that uh, the Education Commissioner, Fonte Green, is going to have to deal with in, quote, negotiating that Providence school contract, where, you know, Ryan, Randy Weingarten, their, their tactics, and if they were in in any other field, they, they seem to just get away with so much because, quote, they're teachers. But how should someone like that have anything to do with children? I, I agree. I think that's a it's a step too far. And I think one thing, the all the distance learning and classrooms online, that's that's really starting to emphasize there, there is no gap. Your, your behavior on social media is your behavior. You don't get a pass just because it's on Twitter or, or wherever it happen, might happen to be. And there, there are things that a, a teacher can't just can't do. Um, that I don't know termination or it'd be nice to get some sort of sense of even even a proclamation exactly. that this was wrong, yes. uh, admission, some, anything like that. But but you know in the environment we're we're operating in, you, as we've discussed before, we've got a governor who's out there um, fraternizing with the the labor unions across the country because you know the president's a threat to the country and we have to get him out of office, and so the, it's it's in keeping with, with all of that. Now turn it around and, and put make it president Obama or something like that. And I think you'd have a very different outcome. Uh, so I, I think it's the, the problem is the, the teachers unions are extremely political, uh, extremely progressive. They're, they're really just a fun, fundamentally a part of the progressive movement. Uh, and so this is, this is just in keeping with what they do. And I'm sure most of them don't even realize there was anything wrong with it. Uh, and they'll they'll go all First Amendment and say, well, you can't silence teachers for expressing their opinions and that that sort of thing. Um, but it's 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 predictable, and it's it's probably it's unlikely to to catch a lot of attention because there's a lot of forgiveness for 
for progressives in the news media and in government and in the teachers unions. And I think that's, that's probably the outcome here, but it is, you know, in a world where students don't really have to go far to look up their teachers, especially when they're on a computer chatting with their teachers anyway, in a classroom setting, uh, it's, you know, they could be on the phone. Hey, let's see what she says on Twitter. Uh, I think that needs to be, we need a new ethic for that, a new approach to it. I know, uh, for example, there's, there's some, a local firefighter who, who has some years ago was very hostile about tea party people, you know, that on Twitter, and you, you, I think we are in a world, you, you can't really do that anymore. And, and it goes back to Ross trade as well. You know, you, you need to understand that when you, when you say something on a social media, you're, you're standing on a box in the town square, shouting it out basically. And, that's a standard I don't think is catching on and it's slow to catch on in the government and on the left in Rhode Island because they they give themselves such a, a broad leash to, to misbehave. Folks, Sean DePietro, our segment is Politics This Week. Justin Katz, managing at OceanStateCurrent.com. A lot more ahead coming up. Senator Reid once again to the rescue. They're talking mail ballots. And also, I like this, the story, the policy. Let's compare the Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity, their policy suggestions versus Matt Brown and the co-op. It's all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by J.K.L. Engineering. Whether it's heating or cooling, you can depend on J.K.L. Engineering. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, call them today at 401-351-7600. Listen, we still have a number of months ahead. You're going to need the heat. We don't know what's going to happen. March can still be chilly. April can still be obviously chilly. The heating season. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas high-efficiency carrier, Infinity System. They're energy efficient, they're quiet, more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. Highest rebates in the market. And they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, Carrier Factory, authorized dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 53 years, JKL's reputation, second to none. Technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved National Grid VPI installer. Call JKL Engineering today. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, for a heat pump. They're going to do it right. They're going to do it right the first time. And remember, with JKL Engineering, they'll keep it nice and cool in the summertime and nice and warm in the wintertime. Central Air is a life changer. Central Air is a game changer. And right now, estimates are free. Financing is available. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, the original, the best, J.K.L. Engineering. Call them 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600 for J.K.L. Engineering. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVast is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive 
receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today your best lawn ever guaranteed. 401-392-1025. 401-392-1025. Or online, they have a great website, lawndoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control. Annual program, lawn care service. They make great lawns happen. Lawn Doctor at Island, your lawn care company. Love your lawn. Best lawn guaranteed. Call them today, 401-392-1025. Free uh, consultation and estimate, 401-392-1025. Lawn Doctor. And now is the time because you can get the early spring, the crabgrass control, time-release fertilizer, professional blend of high-calcium line. Lawn Doctor. Go online. Check them out. It's LawnDoctor.com or call them today, 401 401- 392-1025. Lawn Doctor. It's John DePietro. We're talking with Justin Katz, managing editor for OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is politics this, politics this week. Justin, I think this is interesting. Touch on the Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity, uh, the policy suggestions versus Matt Brown and his progressive co-op. Well, we put out a, we had done a little bit of this a couple weeks ago and we put out a more, a broader group of policies uh, we think are actually doable uh, and start to loosen up our economy a little bit, particularly under threat of, of you know, what we were seeing with COVID-19. And so, for example, we already had suggested temporarily eliminating the sales tax on online purchases, uh, also you know, reducing the amount of regulation around licensing, let people, let's let people get back to work. Probably the most controversial is a temporary reduction of the state minimum wage to the, the federal minimum, which is $7.25. Now, all of these are specific policies targeted at let's move our, move our state forward, let people free up the economy. And of course, you know, we would hope that people would be given this temporary relief would say, we kind of like this, let's keep this on for the long term. But it, it's really just a, meant to be a practical solution. Let's start to think in these terms. At the, at the same time, uh, the political co-op put out a list of, of, I think it was 10 policy suggestions. And it's, it's all, I think six of them literally have the word free in them. Free this, free that. Uh, your employer has to give you free health care and days off. Uh, and we're going to give everybody money and income. And, uh, and so it's, it's really a stark contrast, I thought, it was, you know, you on the, on the right, we're looking at practical solutions. You can disagree with our, our economic philosophies and argue the points, but they're, they're really targeted, debatable approaches. To the left, it's no, this is, everything ought to be free. And there's, there's 
somebody else will pay for it because you know there are just people sitting on on mountains of cash that they aren't using for any other purpose. So I think the contrast is is very important for people to pay attention to during these times. A couple of other items uh, they are talking that we do have some time to go, but they're already talking about mail ballots for all the elections, and I'm uncomfortable with that, Justin Katz, and especially in Rhode Island. My God, the power that that puts into Nelly Gorbia. Now, granted, this this fall, obviously, it's the this November, it's the presidential election, the congressional elections and then the the uh, Rhode Island House and Senate. We don't have the statewide elections. But see, to me, this is one of the fundamental problems when you already have distrust in government, which I do. And the Providence Journal is taking uh, Secretary of State Gorbia to court still going on to try to get her to release more uh, data information regarding the voters. For her to step forward and say, everyone needs to trust me, we're going to do the entire election by mail ballot. I'll be the first one to raise my hand. I do not in any way trust. To me, mail ballots and traditionally, uh, they equal corruption. Uh, Over the weekend, Joe Biden uh, was saying, well, the entire election in November could be by mail ballot. And I tweeted out, boy, that would be Buddy Cianci's dream. I mean, they joked about that in in the Prince of Providence of mail ballots. And, And look at this whole business with um, within Cranston, with Mattiello, and so much of that was with the mail ballots. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen in the fall. And I understand. I also don't want to stand if this is still going on in line behind people with social distancing. But I, I really am uncomfortable with the idea of mail ballots. And rightly so. I mean, we've been we've been tracing this very closely election to election that it's. What we're seeing now is, especially with somebody who's able to raise as much money as Governor Raimondo or the Speaker of the House, uh, Mattiello, you can literally hire people to go out and harvest votes. Uh, And that's something to be very concerned about. That's not something to say, oh, we're... He's the managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin, Justin Katz. Folks, again, our segment is Politics This Week. Justin, great job, and we'll talk to you again right here on The John DePietro Show. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. Non-stop coverage. Pandemic. Worldwide. The coronavirus. Hits Rhode Island. Massachusetts. Connecticut. Go to the website, depetro.com. D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. You can listen live at the website. If you ever miss any coverage... At the website at the top, click on Radio Show. You can listen. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's John DePietro Show. And as always, you can email me, john at dipietro.com. Much more ahead. Pandemic coverage on the John DePietro Show.